2: Outkick 360, live from Clancy's Tavern and Whiskey House in Knoxville. With a good Withrow. whiskey house. I'm Jonathan Love Hutton.
0: a good whiskey house, Hutton.
2: That's right. Crews all here doing a wonderful job. David Reed, same for you, back in Nashville. And for PK, back in Nashville, who joins us on the show. Uh, Paul, hope things are well, and we hope things went as well as possible with the procedure.
3: It a bloody mess last night, boys. Uh, is ridiculous. After I visited with you, I sat at my desk for a while and I worked. And um, the bandage was such, my face is not particularly adhesive friendly, apparently. And so the bandage below where the procedure was done was not sticking very well. And so occasionally I was dabbing and there was some blood, Um, more than I thought. And uh, I I never really got up from my desk for several hours. and, uh, And when I went out, Teresa was like, have you looked at this thing? And I'm like, no. And she's like, it's soaked with blood. Um, so it was a bloody mess. The, um, the doctor had given me her number and I reached out. And the directions say, you know, not to mess with the dressing for 24 hours. But she said, yeah, you got to mess with the dressing. And so, um, you know, they left this thing unstitched. There's basically a hole in my face while they waited for some pathology to come back today. And so Teresa basically undid this, this bandage. And unbeknownst to me, to, to apply a pressure bandage, one of the things they did was left a little piece of foam in there. Well, we had no idea it was a piece of foam. And so Teresa was like, what is this thing in there? And I was like, I think it's clotted blood and Vaseline. Oh, no. But So she kind of left it in there. And she put a bandage on it, but she almost passed out two different times at looking at this thing, which I thought, well, if you're going to see it, there's no need for both of us to see it. Right. But then I kind of saw it in the mirror and it it was pretty horrifying. So I this this morning, I got back the pathology. It was good. So I didn't need to do anything further. This afternoon, I've been to a plastic surgeon who was a riot while he was stitching it up. He said it's not going to look good. Until, uh, you know, it's going to look a little jagged as it heals, but it'll heal good and it'll take about two weeks. And he was really yanking on this thing. I mean, I felt like I had dental floss running through my face and he was, you know, might as well have been stepping on my shoulder, pulling on it.
0: The big surprise here is that Paul had the bloody mess back home, not with us, and that the bloody mess didn't happen with us out with Jacob Swanson last night no, in that's Knoxville. True. That's so true. That's a huge <laughs> upset that there were no bloody messes. Thank God. <laughs> in Knoxville last night. But yet Paul's having the bloody mess back home. Paul, I hope that gets better for you. Seriously.
3: Thanks. I think the worst of it is definitely behind me, but if had I had to wait through the holiday weekend with us, um, uh, dressing the thing several times, um, I think there could have been a hospital visit in order. So we avoided that. Thank you.
2: Paul, another day, more roster moves for the Tennessee Titans. What can you tell us? What did they do today?
3: Yeah, this is like we expected a lot going on. So Harold Landry and Racy McMath off of the COVID-19 list and McMath. That means onto the 53. Uh, They put Brady Breeze, one of the guys at the overcrowded safety position on uh, the, Injured reserve, so we don't know how long he'll be there, at least three weeks. Um, They had one extra spot on the roster, so Landry and McMath now on the 53, Brady Breeze off the 53, um, and on to injured reserve. And then we knew Michael Pruitt was coming to the practice squad. That became official today. Uh, We knew it because of a report by uh, a friend of mine, Matt Barrows, out in San Francisco. And to make room for him on the practice squad, which still has a, a spot, I believe, they released Miller Forrestal, the uh, the undrafted rookie who came from Alabama and hadn't really done too, too much. So that's a significant upgrade there on the practice squad. And Pruitt obviously uh, was a versatile guy on this team last year who a lot of us were surprised they hadn't re-signed while he was on the market for so long. I think he got maybe $600,000 guaranteed in San Francisco and then didn't didn't make the cut out there. Um, you know, Uh, To to me, probably a better player than Tommy Hudson. Um, You know, usually the ship ship has sailed with a guy like that when they don't have him back, but the Titans uh, bringing him back. And and the ship has sailed less and less frequently now. They're bringing more guys back. Corey Levin back, obviously. Last year, COVID-induced. We saw Bates and Compton back. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see Michael Pruitt on the roster um, sometime soon.
2: You said uh – did you say they still have one spot available in the practice squad?
3: I think there's a practice squad spot available. I wonder if John Simon uh, declined. I think they. I'm not sure how many veteran spots. I think it's three. It, it might was be four. four. It was I think four they last three year. on John Simon. Um, you know Mike Vrabel when they cut him, made it sound like he had a future here, but that he's not on the practice squad yet suggests to me he's not going to be.
2: Yeah. I wonder, too, and again, just speculation, if they're having to wait on a player, that, an unvaccinated player on the five day period to get him in. Like, I, that, that's another option that I'm just throwing out there. Don't know that. But I'm just trying to timetable this a little bit and why they would leave a spot open.
3: Yeah, it could be that could be that they're just waiting, uh, you know, for some things to shake out while they're doing all their COVID list stuff and, and whatnot as well. Certainly not desperate for anybody right now. I don't know if they're even practicing on Monday uh, or if it's, you know, light walkthrough-ish stuff, but they may not need the body until Wednesday when when the real practice stuff starts. So um, certainly nothing they're desperate for right now.
2: Paul, we've got three spots available. Speaking of openings, left in the Outkick 360 Fantasy Football League. So you have been working on filling up these spots. There are three remaining with about a week away.
3: I hope you guys will be pleased to know we're all getting our cars detailed sometime uh, in the not so distant future. So uh, uh, Somebody's hooking us up with that. (laughs) My car Um, is a health hazard right now. We've got a lot of really (laughs) nice people asking in but uh, not enormous offers or enticements. So I've got people at the ready that I could put in, but if you want to leapfrog them by uh, enticing us with uh, with some kind of great offer, uh, Wednesday night out uh, just uh, on the other side of the Yeehaw and uh, Old Smoky property um, across the enormous property, the block-wide property from our studio, Uh Little draft party, low-key, half-priced drinks and food, all of which is very delicious. Um, we're looking for three more people who want to come out. Huge prizes, courtesy of Two Rivers Ford. Uh, first place, you can choose between a suite to a Nashville Predators game, which uh, is typically 14 people, I believe. A yep. huge night. Um, $1,000 cash. And uh, third prize usually winds up being the set of tires, though. If you win the league and you're desperate for a set of tires, you might might choose that. But three great prizes to choose from. You're not going to find better prizes than that. So hit me up through Twitter at Paul Kuharski NFL. You can come to my DMs um, and that's the path in. But trying to get those invitations out to make sure that we have um, uh, the full house set up in in advance because we don't like anything to be last minute in organizing the fantasy draft.
2: What did you think of the Vols offense last night to get things going with Josh Heupel in the, in the pace of play?
3: Well, uh, obviously, the first, first couple series in the first quarter was nice. Uh, and I heard you guys, and I, I agree. It wasn't like you were worried in the second quarter that the game was going to slip away. But it was a little uh, disconcerting to see it get away from them to the degree it did. I didn't get to listen to Milton with you guys. I hope to go back and and hear that. Uh, There's a long way to go between what they did last night and what they're going to need to do against Pitt that's going to be able to uh, blitz him and make him less comfortable than he was last night when he had a lot of time to consider things and didn't always uh, come to the right conclusions after the first quarter. So it was great atmosphere, great to see so many people there having so much fun, great to see the Vols win with ease despite not playing their best, but uh, a, a lot to get done to be where they need to be to, to handle Pitt and to compete with the tough SEC teams that are going to be on their schedule.
2: Completely agree. And no Milton about it. Milton was saying he just got out of rhythm offensively in yeah, the passing it's, game.
0: For whatever happened in that second quarter, just uh, threw him off. It was that, that holding penalty where they were driving and it became first and 20. And Hutton, we joked at that point that, oh, it doesn't really matter. They'll still go get the first down. And they didn't, and then they didn't get another first down the rest of the half. The rest of the half. And he yeah. was just dead. Yeah. Well, you get out of rhythm of for
3: a series, but you've got to get back into rhythm yeah, after I you agree. go to the bench and sort things through. You can't get out of rhythm and lose rhythm for the rest of the game, or you're dead man walking.
0: Paul is also saying to people that want to be in the fantasy league bring us your frankincense and myrrh. That's what we'll take. Any of your gifts, please bring it on. <laughs>
3: I went a little too far with one guy and uh, 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 outright made an oh, ask. no, you went, you went too far? Made an ask, and then I felt like an ass. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to make outright asks, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't take much. Look, this one guy's going to detail our three cars, and boom, automatic ticket.
2: Good. Paul, always great, man. Uh, we appreciate it. We look forward to uh, being back in Nashville with you on Tuesday.
3: I'm sorry I've missed it all. You guys have done wonderful work. It's been great. Uh, safe travels back. I'm going to go ice my face.
2: Get after it. PK there in Nashville. Uh, again, uh, Send me the check parlay. The site. We will. We will. We've got the parlay coming up. Uh, that's a little bit later. But uh, next segment, Chad, Tony Vitello is a, uh, about to join us. He's
0: a prompt man. He's right on time. 5.15 start time. He's here at 5.14. Love to see that. You
2: know what? Shows like these, when you do this on location, yesterday and today, every single guest was on time, which yeah. is very rare, especially getting around traffic and doing things downtown on a game day and on a Friday. So
0: I'll take full credit for it, Hutton. And to keep it on time, <laughs> we're taking a break and it.
2: coming back. Tony Vitello next on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton, joined by Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello, live on site. Great to have you here, man. Hope things are well.
1: Great to be here. Good venue here at Clancy's. And uh, yeah, things are very well, especially after last night's football win.
2: Dude, congrats on all the success. I mean, let's just start there with Tennessee baseball being part of the conversation again
1: yeah I mean I think you had a lot of things align Uh, a lot of bitter players and coaches that we weren't able to play in 2020 when we had a very talented team Uh, you also had just a lot of characters a lot of guys that were uh, in home personalities for fans and became uh, you you know drew in fans because of their personality and we had some talent too and then some drama that you couldn't you couldn't create you couldn't even draw it up it kind of had to organically happen within games and uh, it wasn't the perfect season because we didn't end the way we wanted to, but there was a lot of good memories. You had a nice atmosphere, a Thursday
0: night game, football game to have some recruits in last night. That's a big thing for all sports on campus. But typically, speaking of all sports on campus, it's not the head baseball coach at Tennessee that the SEC Network goes to uh, for the interview a lot of times. And they went to you last night, and you were on the broadcast. Pretty cool that Tennessee baseball is getting that shine
1: no no it was it, it surprised me and I think it surprised some of the guys but you know Joe Milton can throw that thing and uh <laughs> it's a bit of a fastball so they're always trying to be creative and they do a great job of broadcasting games so they wanted to tie in that fastball talk to how do you mix it up have you how do you have a little bit of touch and unfortunately I'm a football fan not a coach but the bottom line is that kid's really talented and uh, regardless of wins or losses it's going to be a fun team to watch In terms of uh, sustaining a program and building a program
0: with what you've done at Tennessee, very down when you got here, the build up to what you had this past season going to the College World Series, are you finding that the build was harder than sustaining or is now attempting to sustain this as difficult as building it the way you wanted it in in the beginning?
1: I think it's going to be all about perspective. We're in the midst of it, so I can only guess, not give an accurate answer. But it's about perspective because we were so stressed out in that first season. We wanted to win, and we had so little room for air. Well, now kind of the, the, the story has changed a little bit to where expectations are going to be higher. And you go around, you meet all these fans that are tailgating, and they say, great job. But they also say, we want to go back to Omaha. And it's not easy to do. But that's where the standard is, and that's where, where we want it to be. Um, but I, I'm willing to bet it will be a little more challenging or taxing to uh, sustain the type of program that we want here. Do you think that the best teams in any
0: sport take on the personality and the mantra of their head coach oftentimes? And did this team take on your per personality in a lot of ways?
1: Yeah, I don't even answer this humbly. I, I think it's truthful. Um, In in an SEC program, there's so many people involved with helping the kids now because the SEC network, uh, you know, football, there's good money in all these sports now. And we have a ton of people that are around our kids every day, strength coach, academic coordinator, trainer. And and I think it's a a combo of all those people. Head coach is one of them. But I think, yeah, they're going to react to the people that are leading them every day and working to develop them. And and our kids did that last year.
2: You mentioned... um... You've got the kids who have the personality, they're willing to show it. You're a coach who's willing to let them do that. And do you think in part that helps them stay loose in a way?
1: I I do. And unfortunately, we lost a little bit of that looseness in Omaha. But going back to your your point, um, I I think it's very hard to be a a Tennessee baseball player. It was not that when we got here. Um, We don't want it to be easy to wear our jersey. Uh, and I don't think it is. So if they earn that right by going through all the things our guys have to do with our strength coach, especially, um, then they've earned the right to be themselves. So it's, you know, kind of eat your meat and potatoes and you get your dessert. Is it now where, I mean, I think, you know, there's, you talked about
0: humility with this or not being humble about it, but Tennessee baseball really does reflect, I think, what you've built, but also your personality. Do you find that now guys that you're recruiting and the guys that attach themselves to Tennessee baseball that may choose Tennessee over some other SEC programs maybe reflect a little bit of this last team that you had and you see guys being like you being drawn to you
1: and the team? Yeah, we're, we're going to have to talk off the air because we <laughs> literally just got a perfect example of that committed to us. He's a kid who could have went anywhere in the country, narrowed it down to SEC schools only, Um, some of the upper half SEC schools, if that's a fair way to say it. And he selected us because of match, not because we had the highest offer or anything else, best sales pitch. It was because he saw um, in himself what was kind of reflected by our players through the TV last year, and it truly is a good match. And and that's all we're looking for. Um, There's a ton of good players across the country, but it's a lot easier to recruit kind of what your style is than to coach it. And now I think that filter is kind of automatically there with social media and TV. People can see the way we play and then the way other people play. Is it
2: easier now to recruit high school kids who could go to the draft to come to college than it was 10 years ago?
1: It's getting there. When a Brady House gets $5 million that we had signed this year, Uh, you're not going to win that battle. Right, right. Um, We also lost a battle with a kid who signed for 1.1. That was a tough pill to swallow. A lot of times it's case by case, but by percentage, yes, it is getting easier because there's fewer minor league teams. And now SEC ball with travel and our stadium environment and fortunately some wins under our belt for our program and I think in college in general, more and more kids are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel that let's follow the natural sequence of life and my development and go to college first Mm -hmm. what a moment to open
0: your NCAA tournament run uh, with the walk-off grand slam Uh, it's so rare in sports that you get that perfect opportunity you know people are paying attention a lot more people are jumping into the bandwagon at that time of year in in college baseball and to have that moment that Tennessee fans that maybe didn't even follow baseball are going to remember
1: uh, for a long time pretty cool when all that lines up that way no, it is, and, and I was alluding to that earlier. That, that wasn't the only, you know, the Fergie Grand Slam against Arkansas and, and yeah. some other moments that, you know, a loss against Alabama that was crazy. There was just some things in there that provided people a lot to talk about, and people were starving for things to talk about in general, but that moment itself was insane. A funny part about that and the transfer portal is we call a kid from Wright State. I won't throw him under the bus. And he was one of their best players. And he said that was one of the coolest moments in sports. And to have him say that was astonishing because he was on the broken heart end of that deal. But I I think it was such a cool moment. It was hard to ignore, no matter what jersey you were wearing, uh, how special it was. Do you have a lot of friends that are head coaches in the SEC
0: across the league? Or is that something you don't really concern yourself with?
1: You know, I really don't. It's, you know, more about... Brad Bohannon from Alabama, we came up at the same time, and you always saw him on the road. We were always at the same events. So there was a mutual respect there. We get along well. Um, so I conversate with him more colleague to colleague than anybody. Um, the other guys, to be honest with you, are guys I look up to and respect. Um, you, you can't ignore what some of these guys have done, like Coach Bianco has created that thing out of thin air down there at Mississippi. So while I dislike him and dislike his team, <laughs> um, I certainly respect what he's done. And Dave Van Horn was a mentor to me. A lot of Twitter stuff blew up about that deal last year. But all that was was, you know, me speaking my mind and him, his, you know, obviously he spoke his mind back. He kind of <laughs> snapped. But we're as cordial as it gets, and, and I would not be in this position if it wasn't for working in the SEC at Arkansas. So I'm a fan of some of these guys that have done more than I have. And, you know, we aspire to, you know, do what Florida's done or, or some of the other schools in our league. Is
0: Vanderbilt the goal when you take over an in-state program in Tennessee? Because we saw with Tennessee's fall before you got here, that's where Tim Corbin was coming in and doing big things at Vanderbilt. Or because of the different nature of public versus private in the schools, maybe that's not really your concern as much as a florida or some other programs you're recruiting against
1: yeah i think you just nailed it with a second part apples and oranges yes we have to play against each other so that may sound awkward but in my opinion it's two totally different things city versus. i know it's a city here but this is a college town man we revolve around the vols around here um you know public versus private scholarship advantage versus not style of coaching style of kid it's just different and uh, we're not looking to necessarily go head to head against them as much as we are trying to be the best version of the University of Tennessee baseball as we can
2: Tony Vitello our guest to hear Danny White talk uh, we're talking to the guy who's going to be determining the upgrades to the stadium where do you start <laughs>
1: I think you start with the blank canvas we have down the left field line. And uh, we are fortunate enough to bring in uh, temporary bleachers last year. We'll also do that to some extent this year at the direction of of Danny White, who wants to increase capacity. We don't want people that want to come to the games without a ticket or getting on StubHub and having to pay $300. So eventually we'll be able to break ground. Um, It's been a frustrating deal because there's so much red tape with state legislation. Uh, that you really can't act right away, even if you do have all the money in the bank. And there is quite a bit of money in the bank. So all we can do is just continue to have conversations, come up with ideas. And I don't think it'll be for about another month and a half before we come up with some concrete ideas. And then there's many steps along the way. But left field, without a doubt, we we need to complete our stadium. So it's a, a surrounding deal aesthetically but also the opponent is surrounded by people in orange everywhere you look.
2: What are you prevented from doing right now because of the legislation?
1: Um, getting approved and they've given like
2: me... By doing anything, really?
1: Yeah, no, it has to be temporary. If it's temporary, it can be done now. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but um, honesty gets me in trouble a little too much. But the porches are... That's temporary. The porches are not... They're a lot of fun, and it's a blue-collar deal, but that's not a great structure that's going on out there in left field. Those were supposed to eventually become a, a, a natural grandstand and have a little bit more of a, a bigger appeal to fans to it, but it's worked out what it is. Um, but in order to actually dig into the ground, you got to go through seven or eight steps.
2: What's the, what's the right capacity?
1: You know, I... Uh, um, Paul Manos is the best Italian restaurant as an Italian guy in St. Louis, in my opinion. Um, Paul built out, built a, a a small restaurant. It went well. He added on a little bit. It continued to go well. He added on to a little bit, and now it's a fairly big size restaurant. But he's not going to go crazy. I, I don't think you want a bunch of empty s- seats, and I don't think you want to you know dream too big in that category. I think we can work our way to nine or ten thousand but I don't see a need to do it immediately. I I think it it, it needs to be, let's prove ourselves to a certain capacity and then increase from there.
0: You were hired by John Curry, you worked under Philip Fulmer, now you're working under Danny White. Danny White strikes me as as a businessman who appreciates winners. And if you win, that's what matters most to him and he's gonna support that. What's it been like for you and your experience to work with Danny White?
1: It's been interesting because it's a complete flip of what was going on. And Coach Fulmer and I had a relationship before we worked together. But he was a head coach of the athletic department. And he was a mentor to the head coach. Um, Danny White has been bred to be an athletic director. And what I've learned is when he's in his element, which is last night, surveying the field and seeing what needs to be adjusted at football games with music and other things like that, and then walking around the stadium and knowing where premium seats need to be, um, where you can fill in gaps, where does a lobby need to go, uh, just keep my mouth shut. Because I'm a coach, <laughs> and he's an athletic director, and I think he respects that space, vice versa. He's not looking to bog us down with meetings or um, anything else that's telling us how to do our job. It's He's going to do everything he can to support our athletes and make it attractive for fans, and then our job is to win games.
2: Anything to the the discussion about you uh, being in the mix for openings while you were in Omaha?
1: Uh, yes, there was, and um, you know throughout the year it was it was difficult. I think the assistants got frustrated with me. I leaned on Jimmy Sexton as my guy. We yep. had conversations left and right, but I didn't want to get him back to our players. And I'll I'll tell you this about that whole deal. Um, I think I did a pretty good job of keeping it from the assistants, but. Um, Eventually, time waned on, and I pulled in one of the injured guys into the office. I said, do we have a better chance of beating LSU if the guys know I want to stay here and we're going to stay here? And he said, to be honest with you, and I said, yeah, that's why I called you up here. You're an honest guy. They don't care. It's too strong of a bond we have in that locker room. They realize some things are going on. We gave them a loyalty T-shirt um, You know, during the SEC tournament. They took that as the innuendo that they should have. Okay. Um, that we were loyal to this place. He said, once you did that, we kind of thought that. But honestly, you do what you got to do. This is about this year and this is about this club. And there was a, a lot of strong love in that locker room.
2: So your assistants were more upset than the players.
1: I, I think they were. They want to know where the hell they were living the next year. <laughs> um, but a big thing is that word living. You, you also have to live life, not just work. And people that are a part of our staff love Knoxville. They love the people that are in this area. And the only question we had in the back of our mind is, can we continually win here? And one of the things you have to have to continually win is a facility and fans that will help you win games. If you look at SEC teams in our league, they don't have great records on the road. They have great records at home. And our fans won us over, starting with the Vanderbilt series, Arkansas series, and then definitely the regional. Hey, they can make this place a hornet's nest. And it actually might not be the biggest stadium, but it might become the toughest place to play in our league.
2: I think you'll appreciate this. Chad and I had a conversation when all that chatter was going on. And we said, can you imagine, with with the intensity of Tony Vitello, if he is the head coach at LSU after leaving Tennessee with all of the craziness between the two programs... (laughs) Right. And the fan base is going back and forth. And now he leaves for LSU. I mean, you would have to appreciate that from from the fan base's perspective and the trash talk that would have been taking place. That still will, honestly.
1: Yeah, there would have been some slash tires <laughs> and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, again, this is a great place. And, and when we got here, uh, we started right away. We wanted to win immediately. It's how we kind of dumbed our way into Garrett Crochet. And we've invested a lot, and we want to see it through. And, uh, again, I think the fans, Danny showed that he's all in. We have what we need to sustain success. So now we just need to go out and do it. And all we ask is those fans remain as positive as they've been with us because there will be ups and downs, especially with our sport in the draft. But I can assure you we are working as hard as possible to keep this thing going because – the excitement and the momentum is, has really swept us off our feet. The
2: fans were at our show yesterday. Uh, legends of Lindsey Nelson were, were back there uh, chanting about Vols baseball. So they'll be back, as uh, you well know.
1: We want them back, and we're making sure we, we set a certain amount of seats for them. We need to get them some gear. We need to take care of them as much as they take go. care of us.
2: They asked about that. There you go. There's your there answer. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here. I know you're you're hot on the recruiting trail right now. You're back at it as soon as you walk out of here so thanks for joining us on site final visit uh with a live guest while we're in knoxville chad this
0: yeah, has been two, great two-day tour of knoxville and it's our final guest so thanks for
1: swinging by I really appreciate it yeah appreciate you guys having us on and thank you to all the fans that have supported us
2: tony vitello the head coach for the university of tennessee baseball program when we come back the parlay time to win some money and make it rain tonight with fanduel.com straight ahead on outkick 360. Making it rain in Knoxville. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Shout out to our crew for making it happen. Uh, Shout out to Clancy's as well. Great host uh, today for us. Uh, Uptown, same way yesterday, right here in Knoxville with all of our coverage, uh, which uh, continues after the show as well with Fox. Looking forward to that. Fox, by the way, uh, part of them flew with Clay this morning. He's on his way to Charlotte for Clemson and Georgia on Saturday night. We're headed into the weekend, which means the door is wide open for Chad to select a parlay that could go through the weekend of college football with Row, Your Honor.
0: Well, let me. uh, before we get to the parlay, I want to echo what you said. Huge thanks to Uptown Bar and Grill. That was the perfect venue for what we were doing yesterday with a pregame party, getting ready for Tennessee Bowling Green, and really just getting ready for the kickoff of college football season. Yes, yes. Uh, They were perfect. Great crowd, great spot for the after party last night. Kudos to Uptown Bar and Grill for partnering with OutKick and OutKick 360 on both events. Big thanks to them. And I will say, Clancy's Tavern and Whiskey House, which, by the way, we now have drinks in front of us, and I have some whiskey in here with an old-fashioned. Hutton's got a beer in front of him and the nice chili guinness glass
2: as jacob would say a a nice light
0: beer yeah i think jacob said i would love a light beer uh i'd love to see your light beer selections please (laughs) um i'd love a light american lager if you would uh this place is also terrific a great spot really old building right next to the old tennessee theater here in downtown knoxville it's got the neighborhood like friendly vibe to it inside of here uh a little bit dark you know, dungeon-like, but great. The brick walls, everything else. I have the, we the, love being here today. The ghost
2: of Patrick Von Schmitto is...
0: Yes. Patrick Von Schmitto looked better than that man, I will say. That's behind <laughs> Hutton right now, if you're looking at Hutton. He did definitely look better than him. I have the the soccer jersey behind me. It's it's really been, and I kid, but I'm not joking when I say this, two perfect venues for what we're doing in Knoxville with this yes.
2: tour. Yes. And
0: a great two days of shows. And, uh, again, I'll, I'll also echo... Huge thanks to Levi, to Lance, to Jacob, uh, for pulling all this together on our end. Let's win some money. By the way, how great is Tony Vitello? Oh, also, I'm not really awesome. delaying my parlay. No, pick. no, no. I'm so I, confident, I, oh, let's go on to the no, next I, thing. I, you know? How about Tony you're right. Vitello? You're right, right to terrific. mention that
2: too. He's he's excellent. I, I like the. How's that light beer,
0: Jacob? Love the go?
2: honesty. Love the honesty yeah. of Vitello with anything. I mean, he'll answer any question you throw at him.
0: Well, I love that you uh, you asked him about. Was that real with the other teams? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, he was just real. Goes, Goes right into that. And also him with uh, uh, Van Horn, the coach at Arkansas, and them getting into it after the Well, game. the
2: reason I asked it that way, you can have a coach that just simply says, uh, you know what, I, I was always going to be with Tennessee. We got a deal worked out. I'm, you know, I was never going to leave. It's very simple to say that. But in real life, that was going on behind the scenes, and I'm, I appreciate the fact he's willing to discuss it.
0: No, It was great. And um, he's done big things for Tennessee baseball. I, I am not a big college baseball guy. That is uh, well noted. But uh, he has brought interest to that program. For sure. And especially, you know, when they get around tournament time now, that's going to be a program that a lot of Tennessee fans will follow. And Tennessee fans, what did I say yesterday, Hutton? This town deserves a winner is what I said when we were walking around Knoxville. And, yeah, yeah.
2: That's, and, what, and you, that's
0: what Tennessee wants. That That's yep. why they got behind the men's basketball program with Rick Barnes. And you're right. They're going to get behind Kelly Harper yep. and the Lady Vols. If they win, they got behind Tony Vitello and the baseball program. They'll get behind you. Uh, and they, because they're starved for a winner. And I think the lack of success in football has just added to that starvation uh, of a winner here in Knoxville. And I think Tony Vitello is a good example of that. All right, the parlay. If, if, we, if we are ready, Hutton, for, tonight, I'm for ready. the I'm ready. I need a winner. We are going college football. Uh, we're going two games happening tonight, one game happening tomorrow. Good. This is all football parlay. Right as we s- sign off here, yes. I'm getting the times mixed up. Yes, right as we sign off today. 6 Eastern. 6 Eastern, 5 Central. North Carolina at Virginia Tech will kick off. So you got to get on this quickly. North Carolina minus 5.5. I'm going North Carolina on the road minus 5.5 against Virginia Tech. Northwestern tonight at 8 o'clock Central hosts Michigan State. Good game. Big 10 game opening the season on a Friday night. Give me the Wildcats, the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds. Minus 3.5 at home against Michigan State. And tomorrow... I think Penn State bounces back after a rough season. I think that starts in Madison against Wisconsin. Give me Penn State minus, excuse me, plus 5.5. Penn State, 5.5 point underdog. Give me Penn State plus 5.5. I think they went outright in Wisconsin tomorrow. So that, again, three-way parlay. North Carolina minus 5.5 tonight. Northwestern minus 3.5 tonight. Penn State plus 5.5 tomorrow against Wisconsin. Five dollar bet, hut, and get you thirty three dollars, sizable payout for that one.
2: You did not go with Georgia or Clemson. I did not. Because you don't know what to expect.
0: Because, yeah, I think Georgia with the guys they have out makes it difficult for me to, to know what's going to happen. I'll also say this: I'm not completely sold on J T. Daniels yeah uh, being a guy that's going to win a national championship for Georgia. So it's difficult for me to pick what's going to happen. And and I know that everyone's going to overreact one way or the other to this game. Right? I, that's going to be the biggest overreaction of the week. Well,
2: but I think rightfully it's so. Huge. Don't it's huge. It's, it's massive.
0: But it's also I think people are going to make lasting predictions about either team moving forward based on this game and I think that's that's tough to do.
2: Well, are we looking at a playoff eliminator in week 1? of the college football season. Not necessarily that it's guaranteed that the loser can't get in, but if it's a someone's ranked four, someone's ranked five at the end of the year, and you're looking for a boost to get up into the top four, is the is the trump card this game with Clemson and Georgia? Well, it
0: makes it where, you know, if Clemson loses, they're going to have to win the ACC right. and run the table. If Georgia loses, they're going to have to at least win the SEC East yep. to have a chance. I mean, that's what that's what it means, but... <clears throat> I think you could argue even with a, if Georgia wins, they probably need to win the SEC East there, so to get into the playoff also.
2: We, we don't know much about either team. There is just a feeling I have that the understudies at Clemson and Alabama are always ready, and, and they are ready for their moment to shine. They've waited their turn. So even though there's a lot of unknown there, I think Georgia's in trouble tomorrow with Clemson because of all that. I'm,
0: I'm picking Clemson also. I, I think Clemson will be ready. It's – it's.
2: I mean, JT Daniels, is, you're right, is, is a very – until he proves us wrong, he's a very average quarterback.
0: This is also weird to say about Georgia because they've won plenty of big games in the last 15 years, and they've won a lot of games in college football. They've been a very good program over the years. But I still have a hard time picking Kirby Smart over Dabo in a game like this with yep. implications like this on the big stage at night with everyone watching, this is an inherent bias with me, and I get that Georgia fans are not going to like me saying this because they've won plenty of big games. I'm taking Dabo Sweeney in the big game over Kirby Smart, and that's part of what's leaning me, leading me towards Clemson as the pick in this game. I think
2: I think Clemson gets it done. I'm with you, Hutton. Even though we don't know much about their newcomers, no. And it's you're right. It's about coaching, and it's about who we do know with Georgia. Um, Georgia just doesn't have that firepower. When you go through their roster, not like Clemson. I'm, Georgia's good. They're not Clemson. I
0: am so looking forward to doing nothing but watching football. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, this because the, the
2: weather has turned to a fall feel. Yeah. Um, We're going to be back. in Knoxville tonight. We could wear long sleeves tonight. It'll be in the cities. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and you know, and then we get. We the get rush back to tomorrow, sleeves, I talked about. The it's a li- it could be seventy degrees, and people are rushing to put long sleeves on. Really, when you shouldn't. We get back tomorrow. We're able to kick back, watch some college football, uh, flipping through all the channels. You know, uh, the, the games on Fox, FS1, but uh, of course, the, the platform with uh, with Alabama playing Miami tomorrow. What is that game? Three thirty kickoff. Uh, tomorrow in, in that game, uh, marquee matchup with Clemson and Georgia is the the nightcap. That's where Clay and you is got, this weekend. And you've
0: got every day, right? I mean, you got Notre Dame, Florida State. You got uh, yeah, uh, LS or you got Florida State, Notre Dame Sunday. I Sunday, I believe. yeah. Monday is Louisville, Ole Miss in Atlanta. Yeah. So you got something to look forward to every day. And by the way, when we sign off here, we're not going to be back on air with the show until Tuesday. And think about how much we're going to have to talk about about this college football weekend on tuesday a ton that's why i love that we were here in knoxville for this tennessee game because we got the tennessee reaction out of the way right on on thursday night and now we get to go into a weekend where we get to come back and go look we're always going all in on football on this show
2: every day Uh, outkick 360 gets to go all in on football on tuesday it's going to be great so you can go all in five dollars It's going to pay you $150 if you win. Go all in with FanDuel.com slash OK360. It's simple. It's 30 to 1 odds. You get that boost as a first-time user with FanDuel. Clemson or Georgia, you pick them to win. It's a money-line bet. The maximum bonus is $150. 30 to 1 odds means you bet $5 to win $150. Deposits required for the first-time users. You have to deposit at least $10. Bet five to win 150 Again, this game is coming up Saturday evening tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern. The offer is valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates. 30 to 1 odds, new users only. Chad, as you like to say, with these odds.
0: With these odds, Hutton, and with this offer, why in the hell have you not already done it? <laughs> I want you to put this camera on me, please. I rarely, I'm going to make the demand right here at the end of the show. I'm going to look deep into this camera. I'm going to look deep into your soul and ask you this question. Why have you not already done this? I don't get it. You see the offer. You see how good it is with FanDuel. You see with the OK 360 with that tag on it, what you're going to get. Do it now if you haven't. This is your warning, your last warning, in fact. Do it now. Thank you. And have a great weekend.
2: (laughs) FanDuel.com slash OK360. Huge thank you to Jacob Swanson, Lance Lee, Levi Gibson, David Reed, the chairman of the board. Yeah, big thanks to
0: David, too. You're right. Sleepy Sleepy Danny, Danny, uh, who's been cutting
2: all the clips and working double duty this week. It has not been an easy show on the road for these guys here. Or back at home base, we'll be back at home base. Thanks, this old and man behind Hutton. Also, the old man is. Think, thanks, to the old man creeping everyone out. I get it. Um, no idea. I, is this is this Clancy? Old man Clancy. This may be This may
0: be Clancy. Maybe this was the first owner or proprietor of this whiskey house that we're in right now. You you may have nailed it.
2: Uh, who knows? Either way, we love Clancy. Uh, who knows? Uh, back at it on Tuesday. Enjoy the long weekend. Uh, enjoy college football. And on Tuesday, you can join us live. 6th and Peabody downtown Nashville is where we broadcast from each and every day. When we're on lo- lo- location in studio, it's with Yeehaw Beer. It's with old Smoky Moonshine and with you. You can come by, grab lunch, grab a drink, hang out at the OutKick 360 studios. Back on Tuesday, enjoy the weekend across the OutKick network. Hutton, we made it. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.